Welcome back to another powerful episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Nick Bear, founder and CEO of Bear Performance Nutrition. Every week, we bring you insightful stories, knowledge, and inspiration to help you reach your full potential in life, fitness, and business. If you enjoy the message we're promoting in this podcast, we would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a rating and review on the platform you are listening to. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes that embody the Go One More mindset. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today, I have co-host Tony Reyes back on the show. Hello. It is a, it is a privilege and an honor, and I'm excited. We're back. We're back, baby. And today we are talking about a new YouTube series we are kicking off. It is called The Hybrid Build. Mm. And the intent of The Hybrid Build is I'm going to gain as much size and strength as possible over the next five months until March 1st before going into a dieting series or phase or what we're calling The Hybrid Cut for a few months but the goal is gain size, gain strength with structure and monitored. It's not sloppy. It's not dirty. And we're still running. We're still incorporating endurance training into that training mix. That's what's next. Dude, I'm so excited. This is like what, I, what everyone is like, I don't want to say been waiting for, but like we get it. You run a lot. You know what I mean? You run so much. Now we get to see you like really putting on some major pounds, throwing around some weight while still running. I think the whole team's excited for the series. Oh yeah. It's just, it's a change of pace. You know, the last three plus years we were in a big endurance block, Ironman, triathlon, marathon, ultra marathon. And it was from race to race to race, prep to prep to prep. And it was great. We learned a, a, a lot about endurance training. Uh, we encouraged a lot of people to start running in general. But now I'm, I'm itching for, I knew going into that last marathon, into the Buffalo, New York marathon, I knew there wasn't going to be another race after that. I knew I wanted to shift gears and challenge myself, myself with something new. And that new was actually something old. It was nostalgic to where like the foundation of my training started bodybuilding, powerlifting, being heavier, being stronger, carrying more body fat and just throwing it around. And I remember like the first time I even saw your YouTube channel, I remember thinking like, this man has no business running this much. Like you're so big. And even when you were doing Ironman, like I know you like you were leaned <laughs> out, but from an outsider, outsider's perspective, like a first, the first time I ever saw you, I thought, He's too big to be running this much. Like, that's crazy. I didn't know that that was possible. And so it's, uh, it's going to be really exciting to see you at the end of this build, what you look like, because you've already put on significant size. I've put on, so for this last marathon, Buffalo, New York, I knew I had to get down to a lighter weight to run a sub 250 marathon. Mm. At my lowest that I saw on the scale, it was 187. I haven't seen 187 on the scale for a long, long time. Now, I was pretty lean. I was probably sitting around 6.5% body fat. I was lean. I could feel the effects of that level of leanness. 
But a lot of that was also muscle. Like I was trying to actively lose muscle. I wasn't training with crazy volume and intensity in terms of strength training. Um, I was restricting calories to get down to a certain body weight to be able to run that fast. And then as soon as that race was over, calories went back up, training changed. And I went from you know, at my lowest 187. This morning, I weighed in at 211.2. Wow. And by March 1st, I'm thinking we get to 220, 225 max. 225 max is, mm-hmm. is the highest I want to get. But we'll be monitoring uh, body fat through DEXA that entire way through. That's the that's probably the part about the series that I'm the most excited about is we're going to be tracking you like every minute detail of this build is going to be tracked and captured on camera and a part of the series and like and and in a and told in a way that's never been told before on your channel, which I'm really excited for. Well, the, one of the reasons I really want to do this series, and we've been very specific in ter- in terms of calling it a build and not a bulk. For me, the word bulk takes me back to like 2010, 2011, 2012, when I was mm-hmm. really into bodybuilding. The word bulk to me just brings Pop it. tarts. Yes. Pizza. Like dirty, dirty bulking. Oh, yeah. People use the word bulk or this phase of bulk mm-hmm. as an excuse to, well, I just need to get calories in. Yeah, I've been, I've been dirty bulking since about third grade. You know, I put in my time. It's just about time for a cut now. Dude, wait till you do the cut. <laughs> wait till it. I know. I started two weeks ago. I started a cut. How much have you lost? I mean, so before before I started the cut, you know, we had a little bit of a little bit more extended dirty bulking the the few days before we started the cut because we knew we were going to start a cut. So we're like, ah, why not have pizza and then Thai food and then beer and whiskey? So I feel like those numbers were a little inflated. Um, so technically I'm down, um, I'm down 15 pounds in two weeks, which is not real because it was so bloated. I, yeah. I think I'm, I'm more like about down like four pounds probably That's, of like actual weight. It's realistic. Yeah. And my plan is to lose two pounds a week. And the goal overall is 40 pounds. Yeah. 40 pounds by the time, by the half marathon, which is really funny. Like we work so closely together now. And so I'm trying to lose as much weight as possible. <laughs> You're trying to gain as much and bulk, you know, put, put as much on. Does that make so, it hard for you? No, no, no. You're just, you know, someone I look, have looked up to for years and now, you know, you're doing something opposite than me. So it's fine. Well, when I go into the cut, we can cut together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like by that time I'll be, I'll be ready to do a cut like you. I'm, I'm like, I, I mean, two pounds a week is no, you know, small potatoes. It's a healthy weight loss. I feel like it's healthy. It's what I would recommend anyone do. Uh, I wouldn't recommend anyone try to lose more than that. I feel like even that's kind of aggressive, I guess, but no, I'm feeling, I feel fine. I feel good. It's been a, it's been a fun two weeks, but again, it's been, it's been two weeks. Like I'm still in the honeymoon phase of this. You'll, you'll feel it. You'll feel it uh, in a few more weeks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, the same thing goes for gaining as opposed to cutting. You know, there's a healthy rate to lose weight, there's also a healthy rate to gain weight. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to gain weight too fast. And, you know, when me and uh, Yuli and Ian were filming some some content in the gym for this episode, one of the things I said was, I want to make sure that it's clear to people that I have the same intent, strategy, and purpose for a build as I did for a, a marathon prep. Like I, I am as hyper-focused on training in terms of nutrition, caloric intake, mindset for what I'm about to do in terms of like this build 
same thing from like when I was training for the sub 250 marathon, sub three hour marathon, Ironman prep, ultras. This is not an excuse to just, oh, let's get big and thick. No, we're going to try to put on actual size. And that's why we are doing like DEXA scans every month because we're going to monitor body weight. We're going to monitor total body fat percentage, total mass, fat tissue, lean tissue. We'll track this because if body fat is getting too out of control too fast, that's not doing you any good. You just have to work harder and for longer during your dieting phase then. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to set, like we're using this build to build this foundation for when March 1st hits and we start to diet and cut, we want to expose what was built over those last nine months. Right, right. And that's that's interesting that you're using that same type of uh, mentality or that same discipline. I feel like <laughs> when I, if I were, like when you first said, oh, we're, we, you know, I really want to, I really want to get big. I want to build and let's do this like hybrid build series. And I was like, oh, dang, we're going to get Nick Bear eating pizza and do it like going ham. And it is not like that at all. Like, I mean, you're, you're definitely eating different foods than you would typically eat or, and, and, a, and a lot more foods than you would typically eat. And so what, what are some of the food? Like, what is that? What is your nutrition like? So right now calories on a daily basis are between 4,000 and 4,200. And that is for me, like right now, that's a lot of food at the end of the day, before I go to bed, the last thing I want to do is like make another meal. <laughs> I make these builder bowls, but I find ways to get more calories in with less volume. Nut butters, honey has been like a really easy way for me to get carbs in. Mm-hmm. Um, I do cottage cheese at night for my protein source and then granola. Granola is packed with calories. So like that's what I eat at the end of the night. But like overall on a daily basis in the morning I have eggs, tortillas or bread, like toast, with fruit and honey. Lunch is uh, ground beef and rice, maybe an avocado. Then I have like my pre-workout meal, which is protein powder, fruit, uh, peanut butter, honey, cacao nibs, unsweetened coconut flakes. Then for dinner, we'll have like a piece of meat, a carb, make sure I'm getting about 25 to 30 grams of fat in that meal with some vegetables too. And then in the evening, whatever calories I have left over, I fill. Now, this is actually the first time in probably maybe four years that I'm actually tracking calories again. So I pulled my fitness pal back up Mm. and I'm tracking calories and macronutrients just to make sure I'm getting enough food in because I don't want to under eat and not gain. So like each day I'm shooting for 250 grams of protein, 450 grams of carbs and about 135 grams of fat. Right. That's something that we definitely relate on because I track everything. And I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of, I, I, so if you don't know, I used to be 400 pounds to lose that amount of weight. Like you have to track like, or like, otherwise you, you just don't know what you're, what you're eating. Yeah. And so when people are like, oh, well, I, I'm not losing any weight, but I'm in a calorie deficit. I'm like, how do you, how do you know you're in a calorie deficit? If you're not tracking your calories, then how, how are you sure you're in a deficit? So, uh, yeah, I'm a huge proponent of tracking. I, I love it. And that's something I'm doing as well. Um, Talking real quick about the Builder Bowls, that is going to be a part of the series. Uh, we're going to record. We're going to basically film different Builder Bowls every single week. So you're going to have a different recipe for these Builder Bowls every week, and it's going to be coming out separate videos, uh, which is new for I feel like new for your channel 
they're going to be like very short, easy, digestible. So if you are looking to bulk, uh, to build, almost said bulk. If you're looking to build, uh, you know, you can, you can go to these videos, you can go to the series and just find just the recipes right there. Uh, and they're all going to be separated. So it'll be, it'll be pretty cool to see all the different things that you're able to whip up in a bowl. I think people will see from now until, I mean, the cut will probably go until June or July, but from now until then, I'm going to incorporate a lot of different bowls, whether I'm, and I've, I've been doing this for years. If I'm trying to put on size, a bowl is a really easy way to get calories in. You, you literally just take a bowl and you throw certain things in. It's really easy to add calories up in there. But the same thing applies to when you're dieting. You can do a bowl, but like instead of your base being granola and nut butters and like calorically dense foods, you can make the base of that bowl romaine lettuce or I used to do a lot of broccoli slaw, so much broccoli slaw or like uh, just vegetables, lots mm. of volume, lower calories, but like use that as your base and you add some lean meats on top, some condiments, stuff like that. And bowls have always been one of my go-tos because you can manipulate what's in that bowl to fit your, your calories very easy and still be satisfied. You, are you eating like the same thing uh, every day or are you switching it up quite a bit? Because like I, I mean, I eat the same thing basically breakfast, lunch, and dinner, mainly because it's easy. We're both dads. Yeah. We have no time. I mean, you have, <laughs> I feel like way less time than I do. So like, how are you, how are you going about that to get that variety or, or are you? It's probably like 85% of the foods are the same foods. You kind of have to. Yeah. Breakfast, my first three meals of the day are generally the same thing. My, <laughs> my first, let's just rewind real quick. My first three meals <laughs> of the day. That's yes. hilarious. Well, I'm eating five meals a day right now. Oh my God. My first three meals are the same. Dinner always changes based off of what me and Steph are making. And then my last meal of the night is my builder bowl. So that'll change. But what's interesting is this is like the, one of the first times I've actually focused on doing a build in a long time. And we were traveling to Nashville two weeks ago. And I think me and Seth picked up something while we were in Nashville. So we came back with like a stomach bug and I had no appetite. That's very unlikely for me, but I had no appetite. And there were certain foods that I couldn't even look at, like eggs. I eat eggs every morning. I couldn't even look at eggs and I felt like I wanted to throw up. Mm. Cottage cheese at night. I couldn't even look at cottage cheese. Brown just, you just saying cottage cheese. <laughs> I don't know if you have a stomach bug right now, but you saying cottage cheese, like <laughs> cottage <laughs> Cheese. Those two words, cottage cheese. Hate that. I hate the way it smells. Hate the way it looks. I'll, you'll never catch me slurping down cottage cheese because that's the only way you can eat it. You have to slurp it. It's disgusting. Yeah, but I've always been the same way. You have to find the right cottage cheese. That's just, stop. <laughs> it's called good culture. You can find it. You have to get the whole fat too. Not like the, the skim or low fat. Yeah. Whole fat mm -hmm. cottage cheese. Right. Why did they name it cottage cheese? Why did they name it cottage cheese? It, 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 they should just name it what it's what it looks like. It's just like it's curdles. It's curdled <laughs> milk is what it looks like. Curdled cheese. It probably started. Oh, it probably started as curdled cheese, and someone's like, "We can't call it that." We'll what just what call do people it like? Oh, the people like nature. They like cottages. 
Call it cottage cheese. There's probably actually like a really good reason why it's called cottage cheese, and we sound really dumb right now, but we're not gonna look it up. You know, we need we need a we need a young Jamie. We need to like Jamie. We, pull, we, Jamie, we, pull that up. We have an Aaron. Hey, Aaron. Aaron in the other room. Can you pull that up? Speaking of Aaron, Aaron's doing a build. Uh, Aaron's build, doing a build, too. build. A build. Well, I don't know. He might be doing a bulk. Let's be real. No, he uh, he's doing a build too. He's he's very inspired by you and your your journey. He's you know he wants to put on muscle. Aaron is our producer for the podcast. He's on the team, uh, and he's yeah he's going to be documenting himself putting on this build as well. I think a lot of people fall into Aaron's situation where say you you want to gain weight, you might be a hard gainer. Mm-hmm. You're like naturally thinner, maybe a faster metabolism and say, I want to gain weight, but you don't realize how much you have to actually eat to gain. That goes back to why tracking is important is because I've met so many people that are like, I'm eating 5,000 calories a day. I'm not gaining any weight. And then you kind of like do a food log with them and you track with the food they're eating and how much. And you say, well, based off this, you're eating like 1800 calories a day. A lot of people like to overestimate uh, when they're trying to gain and they underestimate when they're trying to lose. Dude, do you know what I just saw the other day that blew my freaking mind when I was trying to lose weight before this was like, I mean, if you've ever tried to do a weight loss journey, you know, you've had like 18,000 attempts. So one of the attempts back in my twenties, I couldn't figure out, uh, it wasn't my twenties. I think it was actually more recent. I, and I, actually, obviously it doesn't matter when it was, I should just get to the point of the story. But <laughs> anyway, um, I, uh, I was air frying potatoes. So I would get a bunch of potatoes, air fry them, and then weigh them after they've been air fried. And then take the grams from that. So when I thought I was eating like, you know, uh, uh, whatever, 200 grams of potatoes, I was, I was actually eating 200 grams of air fried potatoes, but the caloric value of that was like a thousand calories or whatever it was. So I was eating way more calorically than I thought I was, but I didn't realize it because it was air frying it. Well, I, I weigh all my food after it's cooked. My meats, potatoes, rice. Well, that's probably good for you because you're trying to build, but your boy was trying to get trim. True. And so I saw a TikTok about that and I was like, oh my God, that's why I did that for, I mean, months and months and months. I couldn't figure out why I wasn't losing weight. But, but if you're consistent with the way you weigh your like foods. Right. Then like, right. You know, as long as you're consistent with the way you do weigh them. I think I just gave up and went back to burgers and fries. So it's, <laughs> it doesn't really, there was no consistency. Freaking back then. air fryer. Dude, air fryers, man. They're great now. Air fried broccoli, air fried broccoli, chicken, some quinoa. I mean, that's basically what I eat every day is broccoli, chicken, quinoa or veggies, chicken and quinoa. But broccoli specifically in the air fryer. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Because you're tracking everything now and you're like getting so, <clears throat> you're putting so much more of a focus and so much more of a, of an intentional effort into what your nutrition is. I mean, you've always, you always have, but now you're like really dialing in the the numbers and like tracking every day. It's more quantitative than qualitative. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's still an emphasis on qualitative quality, but now I'm reintroducing quantity. Right. Yeah. Right. So with that reintroduction of quantity, as someone who has struggled before with an eating disorder, like what are some, I don't know, safety measures or something that you have 
have you thought about that? What are some things that you've done as like a precaution to like not fall back into those old habits or like those old stressors? Yeah. It's one of those things I just, I just have, to, I know I have to monitor and if it starts getting out of control, I need to pull back with the build. It's a little bit different because I just need to make sure I hit my baseline. It's okay if I go over, but I just need to make sure I'm eating a minimal number of calories to, to keep gaining. So as long as I do that and focus on enough food, I'm fine. But at the same time, like if I track calories today and I know these meals I just ate are 4,200 and I'm eating pretty much the same thing tomorrow, I won't track tomorrow. I'll just like kind of free flow it and eat intuitively. I mean, I, I can base my numbers off of okay, I know I ate this first three meals and we had this for dinner. I probably need like a bunch of carbs before going to bed or I need, I need more fat or protein. Mm -hmm. Right now, a lot of it is loosely tracking, but still a lot of intuitive. Now that will shift when we go into the dieting and cutting phase when it's in order to lose, we have to hit these numbers on a very consistent basis because if you throw those off, one day a week, two days a week, you're not going to make the progress you want to make. So one of the kind of fail safes I'm going to put in place is I am going to hire a coach for the cut just that has kind of a, an outsider's perspective on how much weight I'm losing, how my body composition is changing, how many calories we need to pull away or add or how we're, we're manipulating training and nutrition to facilitate this loss. Because sometimes if you try to do it yourself, you'll wake up, you look in the mirror, you'd be like, ah, I just like, I feel soft today during a dieting phase. You're like, I mean, I gained two pounds. We need to pull calories down instantly. Mm -hmm. So having a coach for the cut is going to be good because it's just someone else having a look into your weight, into your data, into your metrics. And especially the deeper you get into a dieting phase, your mind starts playing tricks on you. Yeah. Right. So I think it's going to be great having that coach to help alleviate some of those tendencies. But I just have to be aware of if it gets too controlling, it will just take over my mind and my life. Right. Yeah. I, they, a coach was probably not a bad idea, especially I, I had the opposite eating disorder, uh, binge eating disorder. And so like, I feel like, hiring a coach is probably a, a good idea as well to kind of like let the reins go a little because I, I feel that very, very like even present day of like, Oh, I didn't lose weight today. Even though I did all the right things yesterday, that means I'm going to, I'm going to like plateau. I need to, I need to drop everything, which is like not true. Um, yeah. You have to definitely give it time and be consistent. But, uh, have you ever done that before? Have you get, have you had a coach before for a cut? Not for a cut. I didn't think so. I've always done it myself. Mm -hmm. And I've always been pretty good um, at, at pulling calories away when I had to or introducing and incorporating a refeed day. But my life is a lot different now than it was, you know, four years ago when I did my last cut. Yeah. The business is bigger. I have larger responsibilities. I'm married. I have a kid. So I think that'll just be, I think it's going to be smart to outsource that and have someone monitoring my data as we kind of lose body fat because you can lose weight 
pretty rapidly. If I wanted to, you know, say we start this this cut in the beginning of March at 225 pounds, and the goal was to get down to 195 pounds over the course of 16 weeks, I could get there pretty quickly. Now, the goal is to hit a certain body fat percentage and maintain a certain level of lean mass. And that's why we'll be doing DEXA scans during the, the build and the cut. But to do it effectively and strategically, you have to take it very slow because you're trying to just target body fat through a cut. Now, you're going to lose some lean mass. You're going to lose, lose some muscle during that process. But the goal is to minimize the loss of lean muscle mass during a cut and majority of that weight loss should be coming from body fat. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is something that I'm doing differently as well. And that, that is something that I've directly taken from you is like the idea of trying to maintain my, my muscle mass and not just doing hours and hours and hours of cardio, uh, which is how I've done it, I mean, forever. So this is like the first time I've actually incorporated that. And that's, yeah. yeah you, I mean, you can hit your goal, but is it sustainable? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Yeah. Speaking of training, talked a lot about nutrition. What, uh, I mean, we know you're going to be running, right? Putting on muscles, keeping the mile, the mileage. What, what does your training look like for this? So it's about 20 miles of running each week. Maybe at its peak, it'll get up to like 25 miles. I am running the Austin marathon in February. Uh, I'm pacing a rod. Yeah. Alex Rodriguez, our brand director. So I will be running the Austin Marathon with him. I'm by no means going to be going for a PR. Uh, it's it's his first marathon, so I'll be pacing him. Hey, Which hey, you- hey, hey. Don't doubt A-Rod. He might, he might just blow your old PR. You know, you never know. You hey, never know. I'm, I'm going to that with an open mind. I've seen, <laughs> he's, been, he's been putting in the work. Yeah, he has. He's he been has. putting in the training. I'm impressed. So running 20 miles a week is uh, the average. We'll incorporate some uh, some sprints, some track workouts, some hill sprints in there every so often, some aerobic, anaerobic style uh, uh, cardio. And then from from a strength training perspective, my split right now is chest, a little bit of triceps, day one. Day two, back, a little bit of biceps. Day three, legs. Day four, shoulders and arms. And then... I'll take a, a day off and repeat or I'll go through that cycle again. I'm really just like listening to my body. I'm taking days off when I feel like I need them. Not necessarily an off day structured every four days or every seven days, but just really listening to my body and taking a day off when I need it. But in terms of strength training, we're starting every workout with a, a compound movement. So we're focused on higher weight, lower reps, uh, and that is the strength, you know, the strength portion of that session. But I've always been a huge fan of just volume, getting a lot of volume in. And when people come and train with us, that's one thing they always talk about. I mean, Will was just here training. Yeah. So, like, dude, you, you take the shortest rest periods and you have so much volume in your, in your training sessions. It's always been like that. I love just destroying a muscle group during a workout. And for me, I can do that with higher reps anywhere from 10 to 20 reps for a set sometimes and a lot of sets, a lot of different movements because when I'm done with that training session, like I want to be 
I want to be smoked. And that's how I've been training for years. Man. I love volume. But the thing with volume, training volume, you can't just start day one with a bunch of volume. That has to be increased and improved over time. So now that I've been training consistently for the last 14 years, I guess, 14 years I've been training very consistently, my volume has slowly increased every single year. And your body becomes acclimated and and trained. And now I can handle a lot of volume, a lot of volume. Because this is a hybrid build, uh, you are... Are you, do you think you're going to be more likely, like if your body needs it to take a rest day, do you think you're going to be more likely to take a, a day off from lifting or a day off from running? Or do you think you'll ever take a day off from running? Um, it really depends. Like it depends on it. When I wake up, how I feel or how I feel the night before I can typically tell the day before how I'm going to feel the next day. Um, now that I'm strength training a whole lot more, it's a different level of fatigue and soreness. Like I'll wake up in the morning and say, you know, for example, uh, I've, been tra- I've been training legs really yeah. heavy recently. And last week, it was a Friday, I decided to train legs like with stupid amounts of volume and intensity. And if you look at me during a workout, it looks like I'm dying. Because in between sets, like I have to sit there and, and get my mind right. And I just crush myself. And I hit legs so hard on a Friday night. And then I was laying on the couch before going to bed that night. I was like, man, I feel like I'm like getting sick. And I woke up the next day. I felt like I had like the flu all day. Sunday, woke up, I was feeling better. Monday, I was good. I trained legs way too hard that day. (laughs) Yeah. I trained way too hard, but I love training hard. My body feels it though. Um, So it really depends. Like if if I wake up and my legs are just wrecked from a run or a a training session, a a strength training session. I might still run, but I'll just go slower. Mm -hmm. I'll just, I'll just slow down. I'll auto regulate workouts. Um, so really I love that term. I love the term of auto regulation. And that is, you know, say you show up for a workout and you start warming up and you are planning on doing deadlifts, uh, five sets of three reps, really heavy that day. And as you're warming up, you're like, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling fresh. Well, it would be stupid to try and do what was structured on the training program for that day, overreach and maybe get injured. So you auto-regulate your training sessions. You adjust based off the way you feel to facilitate growth, facilitate a good training session, but also being able to recover and show up that next day and keep growing over the course of that training program you're working towards. I'm a, a big fan of auto-regulation. Mm. Not to, uh, I mean, this is a little off topic from like the hybrid build, but you just mentioned um, you had to get your mind right. You have like sit down and like get your mind right in between sets. What does that look like for you? Because like I've, I've gone back and forth between like the, like the amping, amping yourself up in a positive way and amping yourself up in a, in a negative way, like the negative self-talk. I personally like the negative self-talk when I'm in a workout and I'm just like, I need to get myself through and I need to push to that next level. Like, how do you, like, what does that look like when you say I need to get my mind right? What are, what are some of the things that are, that you're telling yourself? Well, you ever watch Russell or he workout? Yeah. So 
Russ is one of those guys, like you meet him in person, so nice. Like, shake his hand, talk to him, he'll laugh, he'll smile. Russ in the gym is a different person. When he walks in there and he starts training, it's like, don't fuck with Russ because he's in the zone. That's how it is for me for training. Whether I'm, you know, in a marathon prep doing a, a 20 mile tempo workout in preparation for a big race, like I'm dialed in. Like, don't mess with me that day. When I'm in the gym, I'll have fun and joke around. But when it's like these, these big sets that I have to put a, a massive effort out on, I'm not talking to anyone. Like, I am just thinking about that one set. I'm not thinking about the three other sets I have to do for that, that movement. I'm focused on that one set, how many reps I want to do, every movement. I want to make sure I'm feeling it. I want to make sure that the mind-muscle connection is there. I'm not just going through the, the motions, but I'm being very intentional with that movement because I'm trying to work a certain part of a muscle. I need to, I need to visualize what that feels like, what that movement should contract and, and do. So I'm very intentional with the movement in the workout. But like when I train legs, for example, as I've said, I love volume. I know I'm going to be wrecked at the end of that workout. So I'm trying to pace that workout so that I'm moving through it at a efficient rate. I'm not taking too much time in between sets, but I'm also able to recover in between each set to hit it just as hard again. So like, I'm not just going through the motions. I'm not like, oh, 10 sets of three today or four sets of eight on bench or squat and just like going through the motions. And after 12 weeks, you're like, I haven't made any progress. Well, yeah, you're not like intentional with it. I love the phrase that lack of intentionality leads to a repetition of what is easiest. You can apply that to a lot of people in terms of training. But when I'm training, there is intention behind everything I'm doing. That is my mindset. My mindset is constantly thinking intention and goal. I have a goal that I want to get to and I have a certain amount of time to get there. By March 1st, I want to put on as much size and strength as possible naturally. And with that, I'm going to put on some body fat. But that means for me, every meal matters. Every training session matters. And once March 1st hits, we're not building anymore. Like all the, the size that I could have put on has been put on. Now we're just trying to shred body fat to expose what has been built. So you don't call yourself mean names? No, I don't. I don't <laughs> I, I've, never, I've never been a, a fan of the, the negative self-talk. Yeah. I think my big thing, in, in, you can look at my YouTube videos from the last decade. You probably like hear me whisper it or say it under my, you know, as, as the camera's on me, I'm just like, come on, Nick, come on, come on, come on. I'm just like telling myself, you fucking got this. Just do it. Just pull it. Because whenever I go into a movement that's big and intimidating and I hesitate or I don't think I can do it, I never pull it. But I'm like, you fucking got this shit. Just fucking pull this weight. I, I say fuck a lot when I'm training, like <laughs> under, under my breath. Yeah. And that's what I love about strength training. That's what I love about the gym is it, it, for me, it is the epitome of intensity, like raw intensity. Because when I'm running, even a track workout or a sprint, 
I have to pace myself still, right? If I'm doing a 400 meter as fast as possible, there's still like a level of, of pacing you have to do. When I'm going for a one or at max on deadlifts, that's a matter of like three to five seconds. For three to five seconds, I have to put out as much effort as humanly to me possible in that moment of time. And if I don't, I'm not going to pull it. I love that level of intensity. The music, the energy, the vibe, the people. That's why I love the BPN gym. It's so different. It hits. Uh, I, so like my schedule uh, doesn't really allow me to work out here, which sucks because I get questions all the time. Like, hey, how come you never work out at the BPN gym? We never see you. Hey, you don't think maybe I would want to work out in a world-class gym with world-class people and the energy is just at 10 out of 10? Like, of course I would want to work out here every single day. You know, dad's dad life, my Makes wife's schedule, my schedule, the kid's schedule just doesn't work out. So the other day, my wife was working late and she was like, oh, I have to stay at the school late. We're having a school event. Do you think it'd be okay if I took the kids? And I said, do I think it'd be okay if you took both of our children for a late night out at your school without me? Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, you deserve it. Go for it. And I was like, I am working out at work. I am so stoked. I get a workout at the home gym or at the at the at the BPN gym. So stoked. And it, it's just so different, man. Like I'm still sore from that workout because it's just the energy. Everyone, everyone's motivated. It's like, oh man. I've had to uh, train at more commercial gyms in the last couple of months because of traveling. And I never, I never get the same level of workout there as I do here. It's not even close. No. It's like not even close. I remember the first time I worked out here was when I was an ambassador for BPN and all the ambassadors were here. It was like a scene out of a movie, man. Like it was crazy. All these all these different people, all all people with the the same motivation that go on more mindset, all of us jacked up on flight in there just screaming and you know rooting people on and freaking you know, Hannah's doing pull-ups, like gets out of her wheelchair and does pull-ups and just Adam Clink's lifting her up onto the bar. And we're just, dude, it was just like magical. It was like one, it, it, it is like one of the best workouts I've ever had in my entire life. And that gym, that energy's still in that gym, you know, it's, it's something special for sure. And there are like a hundred people in that gym that day. Yeah. 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 So like, you know, freaking, uh, 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 LA fitness on a, on a five, 5 AM crew is not exactly the same type of energy. I, th I think the only way I can describe it is like in the BPN gym, I'm typically training with my shoes off, but I also like, I feel like I can, I can throw my body around in there. Like if I want to, I can go do like somersaults on the turf. <laughs> like I, that's the only way to describe it. I can throw my body like, all over the place. Is that just like a just a, uh, like one of your deep fantasies? Just be able to somersault wherever, shoeless? I just want to bounce like all over the walls. I just want to be free. But like at a commercial gym, I feel like I'm constricted. Like I don't, like a bead of sweat starts coming down. Like, uh oh, where's the first wipe? I need to find a wipe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The lunk alarm starts going off. Yeah. That's so funny. Uh, somersaults. What other type of aerobics are you into? Aerobics, huh? Um... <laughs> I went through a CrossFit phase. I tried to get into. Did you? Yeah, I, uh, years ago, I tried to get into um, um, like muscle ups and Olympic weightlifting. And I, I just oh, I couldn't I, catch. I the, can't imagine you doing that. I couldn't catch the bug. I couldn't. Yeah. Huh. I mean, you know, I mean, CrossFit's sick. 
It's just, I can't imagine you doing that. Yeah. For me, it's like, I like isolating running and my strength training. And that is why the hybrid athlete life is what I'm all about. Mm. Isolation. Mm. And what a perfect segue. So for this series, which comes out every Monday at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time on Nick's channel, uh, which, by the way, if you're listening to this podcast and you aren't subscribed to Nick's YouTube channel, what are you doing? And if you haven't told all your friends to go subscribe to Nick's YouTube channel, why haven't you? Because it's only going to bring positivity to their life. So go tell your friends. Go tell your mom, your dad, if they're not around. Anyone you can. We're trying to hit a million subscribers on that channel. We are trying to hit a million subscribers in a real bad way. And I'm looking at you directly. I need you to tell everybody you can to go subscribe to this man's channel. Do you understand me? If you, uh, don't, if you don't want to do it for me, at least do it for Yoli. That, <laughs> that man... I wasn't going to bring this up. Yoli... We have, so our team has this goal of, we want to hit a million subscribers on YouTube by March 14th. 13th, but so, I'll take the 14th. You just said it. Thank you. <laughs> I got one extra day, baby. <clears throat> That's our goal. And, uh, you know, we're kind of backwards planning into that goal. And that's what we want to do. Yoli out of nowhere threw a Hail Mary and said he, he thinks we can do it by January 14th. And he bet his job. Like literally <laughs> the man bet his employment to the greatest job ever on this goal. I respect, I respect his, uh, his oomph. He's confident. He's got some real moxie. <laughs> so for, just let's help Yoli out. Go subscribe to the channel. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pulling the heartstrings. <laughs> we, we really want to keep We want to keep them around. It'd be wild to find the person who's listening to this podcast but isn't subscribed to you on YouTube. I'm sure they're out there. There's actually people that watch the channel too and never click subscribe. That a lot, a huge percentage of your viewers on your on your videos aren't actually subscribed to your channel. Doesn't that blow your mind? It pisses me off, to be honest with you. It's like, you gave me the view. Give me the subscribe button. You know? What are we doing? Anyway. We'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. Hopefully before January 14th, because I really like Yuli. And I'll miss him. Um, your DEXA scan. Yes. Let's talk about what's going into it, because you've. I don't think you've ever done anything like this either, which is something that's different about this series. So you've done a lot of series mm -hmm. on your channel. They've all been great. Uh, your your first Iron Man series is what how I initially met you or met you uh, how I've initially found you on on YouTube and so the series have always done really well and like I've always inspired a lot of people which I think is really really important it's like kind of why we do this really is to help as many people out there with their own health life journeys and goals and so I I think we can we have the power with this series to change a ton of lives and so. Uh, with this series, this this is something that's completely different. Is you like doing this weekly, doing this, uh, you know, the the in depth analysis every every month, and we'll like I said, every episode we'll be capturing that and showing, you know, how your your progress, I guess, through through this build. Yeah. So we'll be doing DEXA scan every month. Um, DEXA scan is it's the gold standard for measuring uh, body fat, body composition. It is the most accurate way to measure. Body fat, body composition. There's a lot of other techniques out there. I've done them all. They can range, but in like in in so much <laughs> variation. Yeah. 
but DEXA is the most accurate. So we're working um, through this company called Body Spec. They have a few locations in Austin. What's cool though is we were there yesterday and they have a mobile truck. I didn't tell you this yet. They said they can bring the truck to us every month and the whole BPN team can go through. Bro, let's freaking go. I forgot to tell you this. How did you forget to tell me <laughs> that? That's sick. Yeah, it's cool, right? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So they have a, a whole DEXA uh, machine in the back of this truck. Dude. Welcome to us. Bro, oh, I'm getting a DEXA scan. I'm stoked. Okay, cool. Uh, that's freaking awesome. Yeah. And now you don't even have to drive down to downtown. Yeah, we got lost yesterday going to it. Yeah, I almost missed your appointment. Thankfully, they they knew uh, BPN, and so they're like, "All right, fine, Nick, we'll let you come in late." Uh, that's awesome. So, uh, shout so, out Body Spec. Yeah, great company. Um, so, like the summary results of the Body Spec DEXA scan result that we'll be getting every month. Um, it's an overview of total body composition broken down into total body fat percent, total mass, fat tissue, lean tissue, and bone mineral content. So as of yesterday, um, October 13th, 2022, I was 10.7% body fat. The machine measured me at 215.5 pounds. However, we're not going to go off of that weight because we'll be going off of morning weight. Mm -hmm. After going to the bathroom, before eating, this morning I was 211.2 pounds. Um, yesterday, fat tissue was 23 pounds. Lean tissue was 184.4 pounds, uh, bone mineral content, 8.2. Now to give some comparison about six weeks ago, I did a scan and like we talked about, I have technically been building for the last four months since the Buffalo, New York marathon was over. And we have five more months of the build left. When I, um, did my DEXA scan about six weeks ago on August 30th, I was at 8.9% body fat. So we went from 8.9 to 10.7 in six weeks. Um, fat tissue in August was 18.8. So in six weeks, that went from 18.8 to 23 pounds. Lean tissue went from 183.5 to 184.4 pounds in the last six weeks. So nearly a pound gained of lean tissue. And, um, that's kind of where I'm sitting right now. 10.7% body fat, man. And so like, yeah, like you said, we're going to be weighing you in the morning. Uh, not we, <laughs> me, you're going to, you're going to weigh yourself. You can handle that. Cause I do, I do get naked. Yeah. No, we're going to need a couple cameras there. We're going to, we'll be by every morning. You just strip down. It'll be fine. That's good stuff. <laughs> that'll be for uh, for your uh, subscription based uh, uh, channel. I'm just kidding. Oh, let's oh, not. Oh, we, oh, dude, bro. I just I'm just saying you're leaving money on the table. That's okay, a whole, that's a whole other platform we haven't touched. Well, I mean, you said you want to be on every platform. Like, you know, why not? You know what I'm saying? Reputation. Hey, I got a daughter now. Fair enough. So do I. <laughs> so do I. Fair enough. Moving <laughs> right along. You ever weigh yourself before you, your morning movement just for funsies and At, then weigh yourself immediately after well, just to see what you're just see what you're pushing through. You know what I'm saying? I would, but just the way like my house is set up where I weigh myself 
in the bathroom in our bedroom right when I wake up. Uh-huh. Then I go to the kitchen, I drink my coffee, I get on the computer, then I go to the bathroom before going on my run. I don't go back into the bedroom because I don't want to wake up Steph and Charlie. Fair Maybe enough. if I get another okay. scale, put the scale in the gym outside, I could do that. It's just, I, you know, for fun, just for your own, you know, keepsakes. I'd be curious. Just, I mean, I'm very curious. I do it every day just to see. What's the, the, large, what's the largest you've dropped off? I don't feel comfortable telling that on the internet. Is it over two Four pounds? pounds? Four pounds. Bro, let's go. Dang. I did, I, this was not, this was during a, a, a dirty bulking phase. So four pounds is like, those are rookie numbers. I mean, when you, okay, think about this. Hold on, four pounds from a bowel movement. Listen to me. When you weigh 400 pounds, a four pound shit is nothing. You know what I mean? I can't believe we're talking about this on the podcast. I was trying to do innuendo and now we're getting into specifics. But when you weigh 400 pounds, let's, I mean, be real. Four, like four pounds is nothing. My gosh. Hey man. It's almost... Charlie was born six pounds, four ounces. Yeah, I pooped her out. It's almost the size of Charlie. <laughs> pooped out a baby. Wow. Like, pooped out a baby. Yeah. Yeah, and now that's on the internet for everyone to know. Four pounds. That's Beat impressive. my numbers. Beat my numbers. Rookies, you know? <laughs> you put up impressive numbers on the squat rack. I put up impressive numbers on the squat seat. <laughs> you know? We're right there. Right there. It's the same thing. I like that. I like that. <sighs> but yeah, this is where I'm sitting right now. 10.7% body fat. Um, I can tell a big difference actually from the last six weeks. Yeah. I've been a lot more intentional with uh, my nutrition. I've only been tracking my like calories since then. So I knew I was going to be a higher body fat percentage. You know, when you go into like an intentional build like this, you have to be realistic in terms of expectations. You're going to gain body fat with it. Like there's, there's no way you're going to just build lean tissue. <laughs> yeah. You're not just building muscle. So there is going to be probably, there definitely is going to be more body fat that comes along with the build, but the caloric surplus will help facilitate building lean muscle hmm. along that way. Yeah. Uh, what about blood work? We haven't talked about that. We are going to do blood work on a monthly basis. We still need to do blood work for this baseline. Um, and we'll be sharing those results too. So we'll be sharing uh, total testosterone, free testosterone, full hormone plant panel. Um, and that'll be interesting to see if it changes during the build, uh, being in a caloric surplus. But also it'll be very interesting to see what happens to it more importantly, during the cut, because when we go into a caloric deficit, uh, we're dieting, there's more stressors on the body, we can almost certainly anticipate a decrease in male hormones, testosterone, uh, free testosterone. So we'll be sharing all of those, that all that data and metrics uh, during the build and the cut. I think that's what's so cool about this, this whole series is like, <laughs> like literally getting the most in-depth analysis and you're just putting it out there for everyone, which I love. Yeah, I was, I was watching uh, this video a few months ago. And they were going over Chris Elkins. Uh, who's, he's a natural bodybuilder. His blood work, he was like a week out from his show. And I think his testosterone got down like below 100. Like, 
Wow. But the thing is, super dehydrated, barely eating anything. The calories were so low. He had to get so lean. Um, But even during like these big endurance training blocks, when I get very, very lean, like going into Buffalo, New York marathon, I was very lean. I was light. I was, training was high. I was overtrained, obviously. You're going to be overtrained at some point during a big block like that. Uh, Hormones were crushed. And then, you know, over weeks and months of reducing that training volume, going back into either caloric maintenance or surplus, you can bring those hormones back. But the male hormones, even female hormones, actually, hormones in general are affected by uh, training, training too much, stressors, uh, diet, sleep, lifestyle, everything. So I think it's important to monitor regardless of what you're doing. But this is something we're going to monitor, track, and then share along the way. Mm, yeah. That's exciting. It's exciting. Um, last thing we want to talk about was uh, <clears throat> Lane Norton was just a guest on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago. This episode is coming out on the day, the, the premiere of the series. So October 24th. That is today. If you're hearing this, the episode is live. So go to Nick's channel, go watch it and subscribe uh, again. Uh, but Lane Norton was on the podcast uh, and he was talking about a, a, a study mm-hmm. that it's, well, I'm going to mess it up because I'll, I'm dumb. So maybe you cover this. Yeah, I'll you cover this I mean? one. Yeah, yeah, you got this. I'll talk about the poop. You talk about the studies. Thanks. I am going to have Lane. Um, I'll reach back out to Lane here maybe today. And I'm going to ask him to come on episode two of, uh, of the build and talk about this probably just over zoom or something, but I'd love to get his scientific and, and doctor kind of take on this study. But yeah, Lane, um, shared this study. It's PM ID three, four, seven, five, seven, five, nine, four. And it is titled compatibility of concurrent aerobic and strength training for skeletal muscle size and function, an updated systematic review and meta-analysis. So essentially, um, this systematic review and meta-analysis assessed how uh, aerobic and strength training, when done at the same time, influences body composition and strength. So of this meta-analysis, there were 43 studies um, so essentially it, it analyzes and reviews all these studies. There were 43 studies as a, as a whole. 1,090 participants were analyzed. 590 of those participants performed both aerobic and strength training. And 500 of those participants performed only strength training. Uh, the researchers measured max strength, explosive strength, and muscle hypertrophy. And the most common aerobic training interventions in terms of uh, endurance were running and cycling. So essentially what these researchers wanted to find was does aerobic training being cycling or running affect strength and muscle size, muscle growth, hypertrophy. And the findings were for maximal strength, the researchers found no interference effect in the group performing both aerobic and strength conditioning. For muscle hypertrophy, muscle growth, the researchers found no interference effect from aerobic training. So aerobic training, running and cycling, had no effect on muscle hypertrophy. And for explosive strength, there was 
a significant interference effect for the studies that performed concurrent training within the same session. So when athletes, for example, would run first and then go right into a strength training session, yes, explosive strength was affected. Takeaways from, uh, from this meta-analysis, concurrent aerobic and strength training does not interfere with improving maximal strength and muscle hypertrophy when compared to strength training alone. Now, there was a caveat to this. Um, they did not measure extreme cardio, so it is possible there's interference, interference when volume for cardio is high enough. What does this mean? If you're training for a marathon and you're running 70 miles a week, um, or you're training for an ultra marathon, you're doing 100 miles a week, you're training for an Ironman, yes, this is definitely going to affect, um, or can at least, muscle size, muscle growth, strength. I have felt this 100%. Um, but at the same time, like when I've been training for marathons and ultras and, and Ironmans, I wasn't putting the same focus on my strength training as I was endurance. I just didn't have the time or energy. Um, but for me, running 20 miles a week, I can say it, it has not affected my muscle growth or strength. Um, but I think this meta-analysis kind of answers a lot of those questions that we see on a regular basis. Hey, will, will running affect my muscle growth? Will running affect my strength? Will cycling affect these things? Well, the question you have to ask is how much volume are you doing? First off, it could be yes, it could be no. Um, but it's all about the volume at which you're performing those two. Yeah. It's awesome study. It was a great uh, yeah. meta-analysis. It was very exciting to, uh, because you talk about this all the time. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you say, you say that a lot. So it's nice to see it backed up by science. I was so psyched when I saw Lane posted that. Yeah. I was like, we got to get, got to get him to talk about this. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's it, baby. That's a hybrid build coming up. Episode is live right now. Episode one, size season. We've got a lot of episodes coming down. There's, we, we are so excited. The whole team is super excited. We we're putting in a lot of effort on this. And I think, uh, like I said, I think this has potential to change uh, a lot of lives. And it's, it's, I mean, it's exciting content, you know? It's like... It's different for us, too. It's fun. Yeah, it's, it's super fun. We're getting into the, you know, vintage... Uh, I mean, the logo, just everything about it is like vintage bodybuilding, like, but, but still keeping in that, that running mentality. It's just, uh, it's really exciting. It's refreshing. I think it's the best way to describe it for me, at least from a, a creator standpoint and training standpoint. It is refreshing to kind of just pivot a little bit yeah. And focus on something new. Yeah. No, absolutely. Gonna get you. What is this? Oh, we got a note from oh Aaron. Oh my God. We got. <laughs> again, again, I was like, dude, we're still recording this episode. Bro. Aaron just brought in. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, on Joe Rogan, uh, when they call young Jamie and they pull it up, they have like a TV and it's like, you know, 2022 so they got like they can airdrop things to each other my man hit me with a pack of post-it notes now he didn't say he didn't give me one post-it note he gave me the entire pack of post-it notes i okay. didn't even know he had post-it notes here oh apparently here's you got some actually uh, extra <laughs> in 1831 the cheese was usually produced in cottages from any leftover milk after making butter 
aka curds and whey. We were right. It's like essentially calling it house cheese. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't sound good either. They should have changed the name a long time ago. I mean, what were they doing in 1831? It's like Google it. You know, cottage, right? Cottage cheese. Listen, no matter what you call it, I'm not eating it. It's like you know when. Uh, in different countries, you go to someone's house, and they have that thing like, oh, would you like a cup of tea? Or like, you know. You, you, <laughs> well, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> stop right there. I knew, no, stop. I knew you were going to stop, stop right there. there. <laughs> 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 what accent was that? <laughs> okay, I'm going to need you to rewind and tell me right here now. Were you trying to do an English accent right there? Is that <laughs> what you got? <laughs> Would you like a spotted tea? <laughs> hey, man. Here's the thing. I, I wasn't confident in it, so I didn't. You did not commit. <laughs> didn't you did not commit. You thought about it though. I saw. I saw you got excited. Like, ooh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop my, I'm gonna drop my British accent right now. <laughs> uh, now that we're bodybuilding, you gotta uh, you gotta get your Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, speaking I'm of so, accents, I'm so bad at accents. I think I didn't commit to that one. No, that was rough. Where, was were, we, where were we going with that though? Oh, <sighs> you know, you go to someone's house back in the day. You're mm -hmm. like, hey, you got any? But while I'm here, you got any cottage cheese? <laughs> like, you know, I just give you a piece. of Hey, take some cottage cheese with you. It's like house cheese. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go, go <laughs> check out episode one of the Hybrid Build. And uh, good culture cottage cheese. Mm. That's what I've been eating. If you can find it, whole fat, go find it. Find it and put it right back. <laughs> Guys, check it out. Hybrid build, size season, going more. Let's go.